Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to a 58 Ember production. Hey everyone, I'm your host Emily and welcome to Sideline Edit. Here I'll be curating and breaking down what's trending in the world of sports on and off the field. I'll leave you with just the right amount of information so that you can join in on any sports conversation and not feel totally lost. You'll know what the big game of the week was, what event to be on the lookout for next, what team is hot, who had the best game day fit, because trust me, the game day fashion is elite. And I'll also just be filling you in on who some of these main characters are so that you can get a better understanding of why I and so many other people out there are just so obsessed with the world of sports. And I always say, I truly think sports are the best reality TV out there. And so I'm excited for you to see that too. Thanks for tuning in. Hey everyone, welcome back or welcome to another episode of Sideline Edit. And my, oh my, what a holiday week of a lot of great matchups in the NFL. I'm going to be focusing on games that make a difference come the playoffs because we are in week 16. And so that's the clear focus right now is postseason. I'm going to be touching on a few of the big games because I feel like we had a lot of big games actually this week including the potential Super Bowl preview. And I also have quite a few fun stats today. And so I feel like this episode is jam-packed. And I'm kind of going to rapid fire through a few of these first ones because then the later games, we're going to do a little bit more of a dive. With that, let's go ahead and dive into it. Let's start with one of the earlier games on the schedule, which was the Cleveland Browns beating the Houston Texans. This was the battle of the older veteran quarterbacks with Joe Flacco for the Browns and Case Keenum for the Texans. And with the Browns winning this game, they are essentially a confirmed spot in the playoffs. They now have a 99% chance of making it, which I am just so happy for the Browns. I never expected going into the season that I would become a low-key Browns fan, but they're just so fun to watch. You want to root for Joe Flacco. You want to root for Miles Garrett. It's the year of the backup quarterback, him coming out of retirement for this. It's just such a good story. Next game, we had the NFC North rivals, the Detroit Lions, and the Minnesota Vikings. And if you're a Vikings fan, this was a tough game to watch. Nick Mullins at QB throwing four interceptions, and Justin Jefferson, who's their star player, just looked so defeated. Every time the camera was on him, you could just tell how frustrated he was. But even with that, the game kept pretty close, but the Lions came out with a win, and with this win, the Lions win the NFC North, and this is a huge, huge win for Lions fans. This is the first time in 30 years, 30 years, the Lions have won their division. 
And 30 years ago, they weren't even in the NFC North. There wasn't even an NFC North. I think it was Central is what they were in. And so a lot has changed in 30 years. And now they have won the NFC North for the first time. And the Lions have had some rough years. And this division win has a special note for their head coach, Dan Campbell. Campbell played for the Lions when he was in the NFL. And in 2008, he was on their team when they went 0-16, and not winning a single game that season. And now a couple years into being their head coach, he wins the division with them. I feel like that's just the ultimate full circle moment for him and just the Lions. Next game, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beating the Jacksonville Jags. And the Jags have kind of fallen from grace a little bit. Their quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, just isn't completely healthy. Whereas with the Bucks, Baker Mayfield is looking amazing. And they are finally in a groove. And with this win, the Bucks are at the top of the NFC South, likely making the playoffs. The next game was one of my picks to watch this week. And that was the Dallas Cowboys at the Miami Dolphins. And I would say with this game... It did not disappoint in entertainment, but kind of disappointed if you're a fan of either of these teams. This was the game I had mentioned last week as the battle of the pretenders or contenders. For the Dolphins, it's, well, they've had an easy schedule. And for the Cowboys, it's, well, they can't win on the road. They only win at home. And so this game was an opportunity for each of these teams to prove something. And I kind of feel like that didn't really happen for me. I'm not yet convinced and still feeling kind of iffy about if these teams actually are contenders. The Dolphins narrowly get the win. And this is the Dolphins' first time all season beating a team with a winning record. We are in week 16 and they have 11 wins and four losses. And this is their first time beating a team that has a winning record, so has won over half of their games. That is wild and just kind of shows how they have had a pretty easy schedule. And now we're going to see both of these teams in the playoffs. I'm still not completely confident that either of them will perform once they get to the playoffs. And I wish that I would have seen a little bit more confidence from either of these teams. but. We're going to have to wait and see until the postseason. Next, we had division rivals, the New York Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. And from the outside, everyone expected the Eagles to win this game, and they did. And the Giants are now out of the playoffs, and the Eagles have ended their three-game losing streak. And another fun tidbit for you. Going into this game, the Giants were not only technically still in the playoffs, potentially, but also in the running for the number two draft pick. I'm not sure how that math checks out, that at this point, you can be in the running for the playoffs and the number two draft pick, but apparently it does check out. Anyway, with this game from the outside, everything looked like it made sense with how it went, but watching this game, I'm still a little bit worried if you're an Eagles fan. They still do not look good, and in the last few minutes, the Giants were very much still in this game, and I hate to blame it on the refs, but there were a few missed calls by the refs that hurt the Giants. And I'm not saying the Giants would have won this game, but it definitely played into the favor of the Eagles. And there were quite a few plays where the Eagles just got lucky. Overall, it was just sloppy from the Eagles. And if the Giants were a better team at all, remember the Giants only have 
five wins this season. So they are not a good team. But if the Eagles had played against a better team, I feel pretty confident that the Eagles would not have left with the win. And there really is just so much talent on the Eagles. And they are a more experienced team. And so I'm not sure why the sloppiness is happening. There's a little bit of talks that you can tell that their quarterback Jalen just doesn't feel good about the play calling and things like that. And I feel very confident that they're going to turn it around and still perform well in the postseason. But this game did not give me that confidence. And to continue with another sloppy performance from a top team, we have the Kansas City Chiefs losing to the Las Vegas Raiders. These teams are also divisional rivals. And the story of this game was all about the Raiders defense. The Raiders two touchdowns were defensive touchdowns. And they just shut down Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs offense. And a fun fact is that the Raiders became the first NFL team since 2000 to win without completing a single pass after the first quarter. So it's not like the Raiders offense was really doing anything to help. This game was all about the Raiders defense. And so a pretty unusual football game to watch. Like I said, neither of the team's offense looked good, but the ability for the Raiders defense to make up for it is what won them the game. And good coaching is all about being able to control the game, especially when you're the team with less talent. And the Raiders' ability to stop Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and all those star players is just a huge win for the players and also interim coach Antonio Pierce. With the Raiders' win, they kept the Chiefs from confirming their playoff spot, and it's looking like Patrick Mahomes will have a very different playout route than he has had in the years past. He has never had to play a playoff game on the road. He's always gotten that home field advantage, and right now, it's not looking like he will have that. A quick note about two NFC West teams, the Seattle Seahawks and the LA Rams each won, and so now both of these NFC West teams are likely in the playoffs. But now I want to talk about the top seed of the NFC West, the San Francisco 49ers who hosted the Baltimore Ravens on Monday Night Football. And myself, and I think a lot of people, were very excited about this game. People were calling it a potential Super Bowl preview because it was the top team from each conference playing each other. It's rare that you get a matchup like this, especially towards the end of the season. Both teams had been looking strong, but the 49ers in this game were just off. Both quarterbacks from these teams, Brock Purdy of the 49ers and Lamar Jackson of the Ravens, are at the top of discussions for the league MVP. And Lamar had a stellar game, and Brock did not. Brock had an interception early on and then just kept having them. And granted, not all of them were his fault. They weren't all like bad reads. A lot of it was due to just the Ravens' defense, but he ended up having four interceptions, which has never happened to him. People are saying this is the worst game of his career. And this is just an example of how even good teams who have so much talent like the 49ers do, they can have bad games. And like we've seen with a lot of other top teams in the league this year who have had bad games, it just depends on what you're able to do after this bad game. And Brock Purdy is somebody who does not let the noise get to him. He does not read the news about him. He never knows what people are saying about him. 
whenever he's asked about it, he's like, this is news to me. I don't pay attention to any of this. And so that definitely plays in their favor. But Lamar on the other side truly had an MVP performance. He's just so unbelievable to watch. And I think this confirmed that he should be MVP, which I'm pretty excited about that for Lamar. He's just so good at making things happen, getting out of bad situations. And I feel like that is key for a league MVP. Like he truly up levels the Ravens to a level that they could not be there without him. And as uncompetitive as this game ended up being, I still feel good about both of these teams. Nothing fuels the 49ers like an embarrassing loss. And this was the best confidence boost that the Ravens could have had. And so overall, I still feel good about both of these teams. And I'm kind of excited to see where this win and loss for each of them takes each of them next week. And another fun fact about this Monday night game is that this is the eighth Monday night game in a row that the underdog team has won. And so eight weeks in a row, the underdog team, the team that was not expected to win, won the Monday night game. If you had bet on this, you would have a million dollars in winnings right now. That is just such an unheard of strange streak that we have going. Now I want to dive into highlighting a couple of game day fits. We had a lot of good ones. I feel like with Christmas, it just makes people want to elevate a little bit more and just more games feel like prime time. And so that kind of helps it as well. The first fit I want to highlight is Elijah Moore of the Cleveland Browns. If there, and maybe I should do this, if there were awards for overall best teams, I feel like the Browns would be up there. I know the Cowboys would also be up there, but the Browns, impressive. Anyway, with Elijah's outfit, he has on a camo jacket and it's kind of like a trucker denim fit jacket. And I'm not normally a camo person, but on top of this camo, there are like cherry blossom flower details kind of like through it and on it, as well as it looks like some stitching details. And so from far away, you just see a camo jacket, but then up close, you get to see all these details. And he wears the jacket completely buttoned. And so you can see he has like a white crew neck tee peeping underneath, but the focus is on this jacket. And then on the pants, he has white straight leg. I can't tell if they're denim or like carpenter material pants, but they have this very wide stitch pink details down the sides and across part of the pants and it's just like the perfect call out connection to the pink that is added onto his camo jacket and then also looks like he has some tims going on the bottom for shoes which are fine but I feel like the main thing is just the jacket with the pants just complementing each other perfectly without looking super matchy All right, next I want to highlight not only my league MVP vote, but also a fashionable man, Lamar Jackson. Lamar has on an all-white outfit, which I love. And the key I feel like to doing monochromatic, especially when it's all a very similar shade, is the texture. And that's kind of what he pulls off here. He has a white ribbed beanie on top. It looks like a white crew neck tee peeping through. And then his jacket is kind of a bomber jacket style with white cuffing around 
around the waist and then also around his wrists. And then like a warmer cream. It looks to be like Sherpa texture on the body of the jacket. He pairs this with cream color trousers. They have a pleat going down the front, which makes me think they're trousers, but they also just look like to be a more comfortable texture that I can't place from these photos. I was trying to get better photos of this outfit, but I just can't tell what that material is. He pairs it with some just like neutral dad sneakers and then just like some simple jewelry. And again, it's nothing like out of this world, but it's just very like classic and well done. And I love the all white for a Christmas day game. I'm going to be posting some other fits on my stories. And so stay tuned for those as well as the fits that I mentioned here. Just like this week, next week's episode will also come out on Tuesday just because we have all those New Year's Day bowl games. And so with that, I will see you all on Friday for my picks of what to watch this upcoming weekend. See you then. This has been a 58 Ember production. For more shows, please visit the 58 Ember channel, 58ember.com, or find us at 58 Ember Media on socials.